0: In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best the best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage. And no one delivers like the Bill Michaels huddle.
1: Good evening and welcome. We are glad to have you on this Thursday night. The Bill Michaels Huddle on the air this evening until 8 o'clock Central Time. And we are presented by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com for all the information. Packers getting ready for the game and the contest coming up on Saturday night. A special Saturday night edition of uh, some NFL football and Packers football as they get ready for the Carolina Panthers. Without Christian McCaffrey. Coming to town, joining us on the panel tonight, Bart Winkler from 1250 AM, the fan in the morning show and the Bart Winkler show. Bart, how you doing? Unit, I'm good. I'm ready for uh, not just Saturday night's
2: game, but Saturday is like with all the college football and the Badgers are like third or fourth billing. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome on Saturday.
1: Uh, Saturday, you've got big 10 championship. You've got college basketball. You've got another game that's coming up because uh, during the afternoon you've got the Bills and the Broncos which is not a great game but at least you got NFL football and then the Packers being the uh, the night feature so uh, yeah I'm I'm with you I'm ready for the weekend without a doubt Tim Allen who uh, not only hosts the baseball post game show but also does the fantasy show on Sunday mornings is here as well Timmy how you been
3: boys uh i've been uh, a little bored and that's why i beg the powers that be bill yeah, i mean i was groveling to get on the radio with you guys because you know this once a week thing that's just that's just that's not like me i'm just going crazy here so
1: yeah i can imagine me. Yeah, this is the time you start to get the itch and you're waiting for pitchers and catchers to report. Uh, I'll start with you, Bart, and I. the question that I've been posing, I was a little bit disappointed to find out McCaffrey's not going to be playing in this game. Not because I don't want to take advantage of the situation and for the Packers to get the first overall seed in the NFC, but I want to see over the next two weeks what they can do in stopping the run. Now, don't get me wrong, Davis is a good running back and you've got Teddy Bridgewater to contend with, but it's not McCaffrey. Were you disappointed to find out McCaffrey not playing in this contest?
2: Uh, no, I, I'm not. I I want to win this game, so I'm not, but I think that they will get that test in two weeks time against Derrick Henry. I suppose long-term, you know, maybe it's better to win these games, but also try to sharp that run defense. So I totally I'll get where you're coming from on that because the, they've got three weeks. They're in the playoffs. They won the division. It looks pretty good for them to have the one seat if they can keep winning. That's what I'm looking at. And so once you get there, then there's a couple of different things that we think are still going to ail the Packers in the playoffs. It's going to be a team that can, uh, you know, rush the quarterback. And there's uh, plenty of those in the NFC. It's going to be a team that can run the football. And the Packers right now haven't shown that they can stop it. The, The game against Minnesota, one guy beat them. Delvin Cook was all that Minnesota needed. Kirk Cousins didn't have to do much. The receivers didn't have to do much. Delvin Cook single-handedly, as as close as you can, beat the Packers in that game. So get your win on Saturday and then really try to figure out how to stop Derrick Henry when he does come yeah. in a couple weeks. Because that is going to be such a test for them. And and, you know, it's an interconference game or an interconference game. You're playing a different uh, team in the AFC. So I think that they win your win your games. I'll take that McCaffrey's out. I will. Although Mike Davis, you know. He's good. He's any of these backs can carve up the Packers. James Robinson carved up the Packers. Miles Sanders was carving up the Packers. So just because McCaffrey's out doesn't mean they're not going to be tested. But uh, I, I keep checking McCaffrey's status and I like that. He's doubtful. I like that. He's probably not playing. I, I would rather see that than see yeah. him.
3: Yeah, no,
1: I'm Tim. You know, guys, I, yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I'm go ahead. You.
3: I'm, I'm with you guys. You got a major bonus without Christian McCaffrey. He he was going to chew up yards on the ground, as as Bard said, and and he's through the air too. Now I'm not a huge fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I, I'm just not. Nah, I don't. I think he's a good stopgap. I, I think he's a good you know maybe temporary until you get your franchise guy. That's a, that's okay. So I don't know if if that's too much to worry about. I think just the NFL is something to worry about because we've seen it this year. Now even deeper into the season. We've seen a, um, a Pittsburgh Steeler undefeated team fall. We've seen, and, and again, is it Washington getting that much better? Well, I don't know. You could make up the reasons. You see the Giants putting things together and then upsetting the Seattle Seahawks. I think it's a dangerous game here on Saturday night. It really is because might you overlook – the Carolina Panthers to take on the Tennessee Titans, who I think are still to this very second in time an underrated team. I mean, there's a team that found themselves in the AFC title game last year. And, and nobody just blinked an eye. No one gave them any credit. That is a tough matchup. Do they overlook the Packers? Do they overlook the Carolina Panthers? I don't know, man. The, the NFL says crazy things can happen. Maybe, Maybe in some regard. I was at the bar last night. And one, one of the guys said, well, they need to lose one of these games, and that way it'll get it out of the way and it'll motivate them to go on and, and, and deep run and get to the Super Bowl. I'm not so sure of that, although you are given some wiggle room here with the Saints. I don't see them winning their final three. The Seattle Seahawks, they probably won't win their final three. So you do have a little wiggle room. I don't know if there's any, any merit to, to wanting a team to lose, but I think it's a dangerous game.
1: Uh, Tim, I want to go back to you because I started, and I was talking about this today on the show, I started looking at the losses and while we talk about the the defense and the inability to get off the field at certain times on third down the defense in indianapolis did enough the offense didn't do anything with a couple of 3 and outs in that third quarter and really didn't do much at all and you look at what they did against uh, the minnesota vikings they were able to to move the football and score and then it was the tampa bay game that really kind of threw them off where they threw you know aaron threw the pick six and then right after that he throws another pick and they just never they never got their rhythm together but the one thing that i noticed seven turnovers in three games, and those more than anything are the reason they lost those games. So if the defense does just enough and you don't turn the ball over, uh, You know, the guys at Pro Football Focus seem to think that this team has a defense that can sustain just enough to get them to a championship, which is why I wanted to see uh, McCaffrey come into town and why I want to see Derek Henry come into town to see if they can just, look, 125 yards and a touchdown, that's not going to kill you. What you don't want is 225 yards and two touchdowns and sustaining two drives where they throw the ball into the end zone and then turn the ball over. That'll be what kills you. So if they don't turn the ball over and the defense does just enough, are they are they a Super Bowl contending team? Oh, for sure they are. Yeah, uh, and again, they don't need you know this top flight,
3: top ranked defense to do so. It is an offensive sort of NFL these days, and, and we get that. But at some some point, the barometer bill has to be: is your defense good enough to stop some of these high flying offenses? I mean, you're seeing in tonight's game, for example, Justin Herbert. I mean, just shoot the lights out, Joe Burrow. Just shooting the lights out. At some point, you would think the defenses would adjust to today's modern NFL. And I don't even know if the NFL even wants that. I mean, they may want a, a, a high-scoring fantasy football kind of night each each and every game. But the defense just has to maintain a little bit. You're right, uh, Derrick Henry, to hold him to a buck twenty and a touchdown. That would be fine. Because ultimately, is it a Kamara that you're going to face? Is it a Chris Carson that you're going to face there in the uh, NFC? That may, you know, be the uh, San Francisco run game demise again this year. I, I'm not sure of that. I think there's some focus that needs to be put on that that running game. It, there just has to be at some point. You're going to have to you're going to have to stop the run, guys. Because what it does, I think, guys, what it does is two things. Uh, number one, it, it, I mean, it's it's guys moving the sticks and and other teams, you know, getting first downs and getting touchdowns. But it also keeps Aaron Rodgers and his offense off the field, and that's you can't have that right. if you're going to go a Super Bowl run. You got to get some stops here. I like some of the edge um, as of late. Uh, they're starting to step up when it counts. But I mean, the, the one side of the field in the defensive secondary with Alexander, that's locked down, guys. I don't know if. I'm sure, and, and I've heard uh, a lot of conversation on both your shows uh, about Alexander and the and the uh, escalating talent of him. He is one hell of a corner, guys. He, I mean, he right. just is. He's a lockdown dude. So uh, the other guys need to maintain and get off the field. You're right, Bill.
1: Bart, do you think that uh, this defense, uh, you know, barring turnovers from the offense or the special teams, has enough to get them to a Super Bowl? I think they do. I think.
2: Right now, what are they, a top eight defense, number eight in the league? They are improving. Turnovers are massive. The thing that worries me, look at their losses they've had. The Tampa Bay game, again, that one got away from them. The Minnesota game, that one probably scares me more, that loss, than the Tampa game because, again, you let one guy run all over you. I I think the one game that we were all, like, super into – and it was elevated a little bit, even in this weird year, was the Colts game, because as that game went on, it started to feel and take the characteristics of a playoff game. It felt like every playoff game we've ever lost in the last decade. Again, if you guys don't know, I'm an owner, I can say we. And it feels like if this team is going to lose in the playoffs, it's going to be that way, where the Packers do get a lead. They're going to score points. Rodgers is playing at an amazing level. His offense will get you 28 points. So do you have a defense that's good enough to hold the other team to 28 or less points? Sometimes you do, but against the team that can also score, that's where I'm going to be worried. I'm worried about the Rams right now. I'm worried about them defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the Chiefs. If you get to the Super Bowl, we're looking super far ahead. Just in the NFC, the Rams are a team that can put up points in bunches. They scare me. And some of these other teams, too, uh, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll take the Packers as a favorite, but they can still put up points. And so this defense, they need to just, again, as we're going to say a million times, lock down the run. You know, that that test against Henry is going to be massive. But even, you know, even, even against Mike Davis, you know, Mike Davis is at a nice season so far for Carolina. You can't let those guys rush for 100 yards on you too. I think that there's a Super Bowl defense. With the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, I think the defense is just good enough. For them to get to the Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers isn't at this MVP level then then maybe not that's how this team has been built. They've always built that they can go to a Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers plays like an MVP. Well right now he's playing like an MVP so right now I think they can go to the Super Bowl.
1: We'll follow up on that when we come back. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. It's Tim Allen, Bart Winkler from 1250 AM, the Fan, our flagship out of Milwaukee. This is the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's presented by Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. We'll pick up regarding the defense and rankings and totals and such because there's some diversity there when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle right after this.
0: 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: I think it, it says most valuable player um, a lot of
3: times that player is also the best player but I think it should kind of live up
1: to what it stands for it's an acronym it stands for most valuable player so it's that person who is most valuable to their team I think and I feel like that's why I should be in the competition most years and this year especially Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers talking about the MVP. And the offense, we know, is very fluid. The defense is, I think, what everybody believes to be the Achilles heel of this team if they do not get themselves to a Super Bowl. Welcome back. It's a Bill michaels It's presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Some stats, guys. we got Tim Allen and Bart Winkler from 1250 AM, the fan of Milwaukee. And I'm going through this uh, today and getting ready for the show you had mentioned Bart that they're eighth overall defensively in yards, and you're and you're right as far as total yards given up. They're eighth yards per play. They're seventeenth. They're twelfth against the pass. Uh, they have got. Uh, I think they're what are they? Uh, they're seventeenth when it comes to the pass percentage and depth of pass. They're eleventh against the run, but they're twenty sixth. When it comes to yards on the run per average per per attempt, they're 26th worst in the league. And one of the things that I found really interesting, when it comes to uh, like quarterback knockdowns and hurries, they're 28th in the league at getting after the quarterback. Their sacks are down. Their pressures are down. They're 18th in the league when it comes to uh, opponents getting yards after the catch. They're one of the worst teams in football, and they're playing deep. They're, they're 15th in the league when you talk about yards, uh, yards playing off the ball for a pass that's in the air 10 yards or more. So you, you can look at the defense and go, great, they're 8th, but there's a lot of stats there that kind of tell you what the eyeball test has been, and that is they play deep, they try not to let anything get past them, the yards after the catch goes back to some of the tackling woes that we've discussed. I mean, it really when you start to really get into the analytics, it does kind of open up the eyes when you when you it, it kind of validates what we've seen via the flaws, right? Oh god,
2: when when I heard that they were eighth,
1: I was so shocked.
2: I was I was like, right? "What? This this Packers team is eighth defensively? Because the eye test, what do you know about this Green Bay Packers team defensively eye test wise?" you know that they are going to let guys run all over them. And then, you know, the universal truth about the Packers defense. Since I started watching Packers football, when it's third and 10, the other team is going to gain the 11 yards they need. I mean, that that's happened forever with this team. So I was surprised about that. Yeah. They've done better at least at getting to the quarterback lately. You know, we heard that some of the guys went to Mike Petton and, you know, said, Hey, simplify things a little bit. So maybe that's helped. So at least they're trending in the right direction that's one of the positives that i get there at least getting more pressure trending in the right direction but again we'll see that's why you know that's why next week's game we're all like excited for this weekend because it's a saturday but as, as 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 a football matchup i think we're all looking forward to next week's game because we got to see how they're going to stop an elite running back a type of running back they're going to face in the playoffs
1: Some of the better defenses, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, Tampa Bay, even Arizona to a certain extent, Buffalo's playing well, Kansas City, uh, Washington. Um, Tim, when I look at these defenses, they're in the top ten when it comes to blitz percentage per play. Packers? Way down the line. They're 22nd in the league. They believe in just rushing three and four guys and mm-hmm. with what they have in the secondary, and that's it. And Mike Pettin lives and dies a lot of the time with nickel and dime defenses. So do we look at this, and, and, and is this validation of everybody that's been clamoring for Mike Pettin's head saying schematically you're not getting it done?
3: Well, I don't. I, you know, I don't know about that. Maybe it, it's their design to go against today's NFL is to just make everybody check down, check down in front of them, and you know that's a scary thought, though. I mean, because if 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 the other teams are are hitting the hitting the home run and and getting the long ball going again, that would give Aaron Rodgers even more statistical information to win another MVP because he'd be on the field a little bit more. I I think maybe it's by design with with younger players. Number one, and, and Bart's right that you got to simplify it a little bit, but you know, play in front of you defensively. And, and that way, you, you know, if, you, if you're going to hit the home run, you're going to have to break a couple of tackles and, and you're going to have to get it done that way. It might, Patton might be just trying to crack a, a, a today's uh, code here against uh, these high-flying offenses because points are out of control. We, we're all well aware of that. But maybe it is.
1: Maybe it's by design just to have them checked down. Hey, uh, Bart, I wanted to ask you when it comes to the defense and the secondary, where would you rank them? Do you put them in the top five? Do you put them in the top 10? Because when Savage, first of all, is starting to oppress me, the fact that he's back healthy again, he starts, and I like the way he hits. I mean, even if he misses, he does it with an effort. You've got Kevin King, who's starting to play healthy again. Certainly Jair Alexander, kind of a lockdown corner. But do you like the way the secondary's playing?
2: I do. I I don't know if I would rank them top 10. Uh, they need more turnovers, I think, is what mm-hmm. I would like to see to put them a little higher. But Jair Alexander, I mean, he's top whatever you want to say. He's he's awesome. He is ascending, as he's told us over the last few years he would. I think it, one of his first weeks here, he said, I'm going to be an all-pro. And we're like, oh, that'd be great. And now he mm-hmm. kind of is. Uh, Savage, yeah, Savage, the turnovers with him. You know, he's got a better nose for the ball. That's great. Adrian Amos, I think, is still, there's, you know, complete series where I forget he's even there. And then, uh, you know, Kevin King is good. We just need him on the field. So uh, top 10, I think they're close. I think they would need maybe some more turnovers. But when I look at the defense, they're probably the least of my concerns of the three units, linebacker, defensive line, and secondary. I do think that the Packers' strength right now does lie in their secondary defensively than if you look at the other spots.
1: Tim, the Packers, 27th defense, 27th ranked when it comes to turnovers. They have 13 turnovers on the season, taking a comparison to a team like Miami or yeah. Pittsburgh who both have 25.
3: I mean, you're just going to have to force some turnovers somehow, some way. And and why is it that they're struggling here, uh, you know, in the last few years with, with that turnover situation? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a safer way to play. I don't know if they're doing – you know, maybe less gambling at all. This defense, uh, guys, I, I think, you know what would have been a, a big test? And, and Bart, you're right. That Tennessee game is going to be a huge test uh, for this defense, maybe more so than anything. Tennessee's been known to get into these shootouts. But I think a, a, a bigger test um, may have been the, Cle- the Cleveland Browns because I've been watching this Browns team this year. And what they do is they throw you wrinkles early in games. And they get you off your game a little bit. That would have been a nice test. I just wonder if a team's gonna try that against Green Bay and say, hey, you know, you saw Cleveland do it against Dallas a, a month and a half ago, just right out of the shoot. It's an end around, it's a flea flicker, it's a it's a halfback pass. And then Cleveland did the same thing against Tennessee of all teams, and, and they were up thirty-eight seven in the first half of that game a few weeks ago. They did the exact same thing. They took that defense off their mark a little bit. I wonder if if that might be something that maybe Carolina does. Maybe the Chicago Bears in the final game of the season, maybe they do it that'd be a good test guys and it it be again, we all know they got to stop the run. We we're all well aware of that. But what happens when they get popped in the face a little bit? You saw it a, a little bit with with the uh, Colts. Although they didn't get really funky in their offensive scheme, they just won off the ball. I mean they just they just wanted it more offensively, but I think another good test would have been maybe getting punched in the face here, being down 14-zip or 17-3, and see what happens from there.
1: Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll pick up where you left off. I do want to talk about that Indianapolis game a little bit. I'll go back to that. Bart Winkler alongside Tim Allen, both from 1250 AM. The Fan, our flagship station out of Milwaukee. This is the Bill Michaels Hunnel presented by Bud Light Seltzer. We got more. It's coming up right after this.
0: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: Every
3: game in this league comes down to a couple plays and typically it comes down to the last possession.
2: There's very few games in this league that you can count on that are are won or lost by more than one possession and can't look any further than the Carolina Panthers. I know they have nine losses. Seven of those are by one possession or less.
1: Welcome back to the program. Those are the words of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he's he's right. I mean, this is a pesky team. I've watched a couple of their games now over the last uh, about three, four days, and Carolina, I said it to Mick Mixon today, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, that this is just a team that doesn't quit. They're, They're not a good team. They're in the midst of a rebuild, and they've got some really weak links on both sides of the football. They need a tight end. They're an ailing offensive line. Obviously, it's the first year with Teddy Bridgewater, new terminology, a new quarterback and such, but They continue to fight, man. This is a team that won't go away, and uh, they're not losing games by a lot. They're losing them by a little. So they've got a tough – the Packers have a tough contest coming up on Saturday night, which is the 7.30 start time up at Lambeau Field. Tim Allen, Bart Winkler, both from 12:50 AM, the fan in Milwaukee, joining us here on the program. I want to go back, guys, and Bart, you brought it up, so I'll start with you. I want to go back to the Indianapolis game. They lose 34-31. They turn the ball over three times, and they still tied the game. The fourth turnover ultimately cost them an overtime, and a field goal knocks them out. But Aaron Rodgers, and I thought about that when we were getting ready to do the post or the post game show. Sometimes you look at a game and you go, you know, it sucks. It's a heartbreaker. It's a loss. But I thought the same thing. I thought this is a team that turned the ball over three times and still had a shot to win. Rogers said this was some lesson. Th- these are some lessons we could take away from this game. And I know that's weird to say in a loss. And he said he felt good about it. Did you feel good about coming out of that Indianapolis game that that might have been something, maybe a turning point in which they learned something about themselves against a good defense? Uh, not really.
2: I've only felt good about one loss ever, and that was when Aaron Rodgers came in for Brett Favre on a Thursday night against Dallas, and he showed like how great he was, and they showed Favre on the sidelines. It was an NFL network game. They were both ten and one or something at the time. And Favre was like, Oh crap, I'm in trouble. I think what worried about the me about this Colts game was and you know, it was a good defense and it's nice that they scored right away, but then they lost. And that's where I have the concerns because this Colts game, it wasn't just how I foresee the Packers losing in the playoffs. If they are going to lose, it's how they've lost in the playoffs forever. And everybody, you know, goes through a time in their life where they're struggling, but eventually you grow up, but the Packers have been in like this puberty stage where they can't get past, you know, this really awkward time. And they're stuck. They're stuck in this like 10 year decade thing of, hey, we're struggling, we get to the playoffs, uh, we have a good quarterback, we turn the ball over, and the uh, there's a two-point conversion randomly in all these games. There's like an onside kick, there's touchdowns late, you've already celebrated. It just felt like the same game for the last 10 years. So I don't think Rodgers needs that lesson again. If they felt good about it, you know, that's up to them. I didn't. I, I just think that this team is not flawless. We know that. Very few teams in the NFL are, if any, but if the Packers are going to get to a Super Bowl and win, then they're going to have to avoid the same kind of trap game or the same kind of game that they've fallen into the last, you know, 10 years when they lost. It felt like both Arizona games in the playoffs, it felt like the Seattle game, although way less, you know, stakes. It felt like a Niners game, it just it felt like a Minnesota game. Any playoff loss they've had in the last 10 years, that's what it's felt like. And so You don't want to see that happen again. So if he feels good about it, look, I'm not the one with two-to-one odds at the MVP,
1: so I'll trust him on that, but I I didn't. I look at this, Tim, and and you're coming out of that Tampa Bay game, another top-ten defense at the time. You lose to them. They got after the quarterback. He got beat up. But for another defensive front that didn't give up a lot of yards in Indianapolis and the fact that Aaron Rodgers still came out of that game pretty clean – And they were able to put up points in that game. They put up 31 points against a really stout defensive front. Maybe that's what he was talking about. Like, hey, Tampa Bay was an apparition. We threw the pick six. We got derailed. The play calling got goofy. We got out of our game. Matt LaFleur talks about getting out of our rhythm. We never got back into it. We didn't utilize the run. But we keep turning the ball over to a good Indianapolis Colts team, and they keep putting points on the board, but we hung in there. Is, is that the lesson that maybe you could take away and go, okay, look, we can beat a good Bears defense. We can beat a decent Eagles defense. We can beat a craptastic Lions defense in Carolina and maybe even Tennessee and so on that maybe you can propel something like that into the postseason.
3: Yeah. Oh, no, no question about it. I mean, because you heard Lafleur talk about, you know, it, it comes down to a couple of plays and and. You know, you you cross your fingers that it's going to be, you know, the Packers on offense because, I mean, you're going to pop a blood vessel here or something if if the Packers <laughs> defense is is trying to prevent a field goal in a tie game because that right. that's a scary thought, guys. And when you watch the NFL and it's something uh, you know I've been paying close attention to the last five years or so, and I think it's more evident the last five years. If you look at, especially on the night games, and I'm not calling for fix or anything like that, but it sure does come down to a play or two at the end of a night game or a flag or a call at the end of a night game. It's seemingly all the time. Guys, it's just Mm -hmm. almost every Monday, Thursday, or Sunday night, there's always something that happens late in a game. That's why... The defense has to make sure – again, we, we've come full circle. The defense has to make sure that Rodgers – look at it like a college football season where you get analyzed in a different way. In the NFL, most times you get analyzed by just wins. You win, you win. It doesn't matter by a point or by 40 points. You win, you get that win, and it's huge. College football, you got to blow out the unranked, the non-conference. you got to blow them out, and I think maybe the Packers should be you know, into that mode a little bit. And and make sure you have cushion because if it does come down to one call or one play, you just hope that it's it's the Packers on offense that is gonna get it done for the win.
1: Yeah, I've been a big proponent, Bart of you know, kind of stick with what got you there. You know, if you're pounding a team don't suddenly start playing, you know, ten yards off the ball and prevent defense and keeping things in front of you. Keep after them because no zero blitz, sh-
0: though, Bill. Yeah, well,
1: no zero <laughs> blitz. No, I, I completely agree with you. Otherwise, you're Greg Williams. You're on the outside looking in, looking <laughs> for a job. Right. But, but in, in that sense, I, 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 that's why I think where a lot of Packers fans have a lot of frustration as well with Mike Pettine because all of a sudden it's about keeping the ball in front of you, and your defense is basically dying a slow death by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you
2: see some of those still frames or even when you're watching the game, and I always try to pay more attention to now on third and anything, especially third and short. And, you know, everyone, you know, you line up two receivers and the Packers are like, they're playing five, six, seven yards off of them. And I, I don't know why that's something they continue to do. You know, he did have those guys go to him and say, keep it a little more simple. And they've played better since then. The whole Mike Patton thing, man it's very interesting because this is a guy that he had a nice first year, you know, he replaced Dom capers. So he didn't have to do much to impress us. And then uh, we all wanted him to stick around. And and there was some conversation, at least among fans that, Hey, maybe, maybe you give this guy the head coaching gig. They hire Lafleur. They like made him keep Petten. And then I thought he wanted to fire him after last season, but for whatever reason uh, they kept him, and they just, you know, this whole staff is like Matt LaFleur guys, Matt LaFleur guys. And then there's this one old head over there that, that Matt LaFleur doesn't really know. And and so I, I don't know. I, I just think it's very interesting because Mike Patton is certainly – he comes into these
1: games coaching to win, obviously. But
2: of anybody on that staff, he's also coaching for his
1: job. Don't they have some familiarity with one another from a staff that they worked on with Shanahan years ago? Yeah, but I know Directly Shanahan didn't
2: – like, shit, there was that quote or that clip, Shanahan and Pettin, like, didn't get along. And, you know, I just – I don't know if he is in the same mold. Well, I, I don't think he is. He's I don't think he's in the same mold of coach as a LaFleur, a Shanahan, a, right. a McVay. And I think there's been some combative nature. We thought at first it was like, oh, this is going to be like the Rams. Remember? Sean McVay's got the offense. Wade Phillips has the defense. It's like they have two head coaches. And that's kind well, of that's what, what we you have in Penn. Penn was
1: a head coach, even though he was a head coach for the Cleveland Browns, but he was a head coach too. And I think that was part of the reason that they wanted him to stay, is he had that experience that at least somebody on that staff had head coaching experience and could could kind of guide a little bit Matt LaFleur as to what maybe he needed or didn't need to do.
2: Yeah, certainly to start. But then once the parasite's done sucking off <laughs> on the host, you know, then you, you kill him and you move on to something else, right?
0: You was can put it harsh? that way. I've, that you can put it that way. I, 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 hey, that there's that, nothing wrong with that. Okay, I can see that.
1: I I think Tim that um, it was a very loud message about three four weeks ago when uh, Matt Lafleur went to the podium and very loudly said this this is unacceptable. We are we will fix this. It has to be fixed. I think he was then looking over the fence defensively, saying. You gotta fix this now or this, this is going to be, this is the beginning of the end of your job if this is not corrected yep. on the yep. here and the now. And I think also listening to Zadarius and Kenny and Preston and those guys going to him saying simplify it and let us do what we do. And they've had seven sacks over the last couple of weeks. I think maybe that's a little bit of adaptation on behalf of Mike Petton to say, okay, look, maybe we are doing things a little bit too complicated. Maybe the young guys in the middle that are starting to get some playing time, maybe they just aren't grasping it. Maybe Christian Kirksey wasn't, who was familiar with my system, wasn't the answer coming in here, but let him play more free. Maybe we see a progression as we have these last three games of the season.
3: Well, and and the progression has to be there because it's it's LaFleur's LeFleur, second season. I mean, at this I think they, they've uh look a little bit forward a little forward thinking um with our friends at forward financial partners by the way there you um go. no it it uh it, i think they know what could be their demise though guys and it's 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 pretty evident that that is if they don't get to the super bowl now i say get to the super bowl because um playing Kansas City and we don't know green bay Kansas City matchup uh because mahomes wasn't in that game last year um, but I mean, to get there, they may be thinking and this again, it's what I'd be thinking. If anything's going to prevent us, it's going to be that defense. So we need to fix it now. Let's stay ahead of this thing. I mean, we, we all know Aaron Rodgers is just amazing. He's having an amazing year. I think he's, uh, you know, it's, it's avenging a, a, a lot of crap that got thrown his way the last couple of seasons. It, it really, truly is, and I'm, I'm happy for the dude. But So we, we are all confident in that, and what can you say about Devontae Adams? I mean, it's, it's just, there's just nothing more that can be said about this guy. But what's going to stop us? It won't be the brain trust. Necessarily, like it was in Seattle in '14, that may have been a brain trust. That's that wasn't a talent thing. That was that was a that was a coaching thing, in my estimation. Last year, it was a defensive thing. It cost them a Super Bowl, guys. It did, and so they want to stay ahead of that thing right now and and fix it. And I loved it when I heard about that. I was like, all right, now they're getting it. it, everyone says focus let's I'm focused on Cleveland I'm focused on Cleveland it's just the week the next week good teams great teams they focus a lot more down the road than just that next game I'll promise you
1: Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the first hour of the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Get into the next hour as well. We'll talk more about uh, Aaron Rodgers MVP chatter. Also start to take a look around the rest of the National Football League. Make some picks as well. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle. Tim Allen, Bart Winkler, 1250 AM, the fan out of Milwaukee. Our flagship station there. Stay tuned. we got more right after this.
0: Wisconsin Wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: You know, you say we win these three games coming into it, just letting them know. Obviously, everyone on the football team knows how the playoffs goes, but to be able to look a, a rookie or a second-year, third-year guy in the face and say, "Look, we got to win two freaking football games at home, and then we're going to Super Bowl." Devontae Adams talking about the number one seed in the NFC. Welcome back, Bill Michaels, Huddle presented by Bud Light Shelter, Tim Allen, Bart Winkler, alongside from twelve fifty a.m. The Fan, our flagship out of Milwaukee. Um, Bart. The number one seed this year seems to carry more weight because only one team gets the bye. But ever since Michael Vick came into Lambeau Field years ago, the mystique has been lifted, especially when Eli Manning came in here and won not one but two different playoff appearances. Is there still the Lambeau mystique when it comes to the postseason?
2: Well, it's certainly not what it was. But what I go back to again is what Aaron Rodgers says. And he wants a game at Lambeau. He wants an NFC championship game. At Lambeau. He's never started in one. He's never played in one. So I think that there is that mystique for them. You know, it's still less travel in this really weird year. I would think if, if you know, if the playoffs come around, they'll at least try to get enough fans in there safely, of course. But to give it some sort of atmosphere, I, I, would, I assume that that would happen. But I just, more than anything, I want that buy. I, I want one more week where they don't have the chance of losing a football game. Because, you know, I think if they get the two seed, well, gosh, if they get the two seed, you know, you could have the Cardinals, you could have Tampa. I mean, there's, there's, it's going to be a tough team. Yeah, it's going to be a tough team. Yeah. So I don't want to play in another game that, that they don't have to. So is the mystique as what it was? No, they, they've lost games since then, and you're not probably going to have 80,000 people in there. But I still think that, you know, for the travel and for the Packers, their comfort level, if you can play at home, you play at home.
1: Tim, do you think uh, if they get the home field advantage throughout, how much of a mystique does Lambeau Field and how much of an advantage, especially without fans, does that give them?
3: I think it's huge. I, I think it, it might be bigger than it ever has been, and here's why. Because Rodgers wants it, and there's conversations going on in that locker room. There's conversations going on on the sidelines. There's conversations going on over texts, uh, you name it, over dinner, over, over everything. That dude, how many times do, have we heard Aaron Rodgers talk about it already? They want the, he wants that game there. He understands how important it is. And, and again, he, he doesn't keep that stuff to himself. Uh, he's got to be squawking to his teammates, and especially the younger guys. I mean, he's the he's the elder statesman here. He's got to instill that knowledge and and the emphasis on getting that game at home. I think it's it, it might be bigger than ever before. I know the weather, you know, may have an impact, and I've always wondered about that. That um, you know, Green Bay has to run on the same field as your opponent in the in the snow and the, in the cold. So I I don't know if you know. If if you're that more used to it than a, necessarily a, a Tampa Bay or, a, or or a New Orleans, because that particular day you still have to play in the same snow. But I I think it's the mental makeup of being at Lambeau with a chance, as you just heard Devonte say, It's two games, and and it's you're probably going to win that first one, and, and at the risk of jinxing things, I wish I had that power. But you're probably going to win that first game. You're 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl, and you're playing at home after Rodgers has been squawking in your ear for two years saying, we got to get this game at home as soon as possible. Oh, it's huge, huge, guys.
1: I look at it this way. There's only two teams that would play in similar weather. That would be uh, Washington and Seattle if they ended up coming into Lambeau Field. Uh, and still, depending on what it's like in January, we all know it can get down into the sub-freezing and sub-zero temperatures. Otherwise, you get Tampa Bay, Arizona, the Rams out in L.A., New Orleans, which is the Dome team, and then obviously the other team in the postseason would be Green Bay. So, yeah, I agree. I Look, if you can get to any one of those southern teams – Any now, don't get me wrong, Tom Brady's used to playing in freezing temperatures. It's not like Tom Brady's coming in here mm-hmm. going, holy mackerel, I've never seen this before. But the guys around him, the majority of the guys around him – playing down there and let's be honest how you, you spend a week down there in tampa bay or in arizona or any place else you come back to the cold it feels colder than what it is it ju- it just does you know if you're not in it every day and you're not expecting it every day it just feels different so i agree that i think home field advantage would be a, a huge thing for the Packers. And getting a bye, only having to play a couple of games versus playing three games and those extra opponents. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to start looking at the Green Bay Packers and the MVP chase. We're also going to start to take a look around the rest of the National Football League. You do have a game and contest going on, uh, coming up tonight. The Chargers on the road. Justin Herbert and company taking on Derek Carr and the Raiders. That's coming up a little bit later on this evening. You've got, like I said, two Saturday games. Buffalo and Denver and then the Packers and the Panthers. And then we'll get through the rest of the NFL schedule and start to make picks as we are coming uh, down the stretch. There are only three games remaining on the docket in the NFL before you reach that postseason. So we got a lot to talk about in a very short period of time. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. It's coming up right after this.
0: Listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels huddle.
1: Welcome back. We are glad you are with us. The Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. We continue on, hour number two, as we continue to get you ready for the contest coming up on Saturday night. The Carolina Panthers coming into Lambeau Field. They're going to be taking on Aaron Rodgers and company. And that is a 7.30 start time up there in Green Bay is when kickoff gets underway. Bart Winkler from 1250 AM, the fan out of Milwaukee, the morning show. Also, Tim Allen is here as well from the same and uh, and Bart, let me come back to you. So, uh, look, we we've talked a lot about the offense. We've talked a lot about Rodgers. Uh, do you think he's the he's the leader for the MVP right now? I think it's so close. I think
2: Mahomes has kind of built in been the favorite, but Rodgers has been the best quarterback in this last month here, and so he's certainly got the momentum. You know, the Chiefs the Chiefs are in a weird state where they're like they they're so good. The Chiefs are so good. That game against the Dolphins. They're they're throwing interceptions and it's like wow the Dolphins are going to get this win. No, the Chiefs. All right, we'll try now and, and we'll go ahead and win this football game. So Mahomes, it's just so tough. I I would like to see it go to Rodgers. I would vote for Rodgers. Obviously, I watch every snap of him. I watch as much as Mahomes as I can, but I would give it to Rodgers. I think it's going to come down to these final three weeks. It really is going to come down to these final three weeks, basically. If one of these guys lose a game and the other one doesn't, that might be where the MVP goes. It is so close, I think, for what he's doing. And I think, too, you know, Rodgers, when he watched as we all did Jordan Love get drafted, and we were all like, oh, my goodness. And then Rodgers was getting the support of people saying, well, what will happen is he'll be so mad that they did this that he'll play better. This is a genius move. I I think the outcome happened, but the process is different. What what happened was he realized that, yeah, I'm on the back nine of my career. I know that. But maybe I am closer to the clubhouse, at least in Green Bay. And so I just want to have fun. He did an Instagram thing today with Kay Adams of the NFL Network, and she asked him right away, are you having the most fun that you've ever had? Right away he said yes. I think what he is doing on the football field with the circumstances – with not getting any weapons, I would give it to him. I, I'd look at, well, they got Tyreek and Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Solaire, and I know we have Devontae, and Tunyon's been great, and, and Aaron Jones. It's going to come down to these final three weeks, but uh, you know I'm not going to be surprised if they give it to him or Mahomes.
1: Tim, I, I'm going to go off of what Bart just said. It's funny because I just did a piece on the motivation of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm watching today and the motivation – is Jordan Love and then uh, actually today is the uh, MVP talk and then prior to that was the motivation of Jordan Love. Remember when they got rid of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers was going to show the world that it was him and not McCarthy that taught him it was Aaron Rodgers talents and that was going to be the motivator. I said it all along what I don't care I mean I, I think it's all crap But I do think great ones. We saw the last dance with Michael Jordan. Walter Payton used to do it and used to talk about it. It didn't matter. Whatever slight you could possibly drum up Mm -hmm. was the slight that was going to drive you. Look, he went back. He saw some things from 2011, whether it was feet underneath him, getting rid of the ball quick, trusting his guys, better relationship with his coach. I don't care. Whatever it is that's motivating him, driving him, that's relaxed him, whether it's Zen or Buddhism, I don't care. He's playing ex- exceptional football right now, and he's discovered something, without a doubt.
3: Yeah, and and I think it's it's you're right on the money with motivational factors in, in 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 any job, really. I mean that that comes in large part. The the great ones you you find it, you find it from within. You you find ways to to motivate you. You shouldn't need the outside sorts, but you do get them, and and when they're dropped into your lap. You get them. I think it's twofold, maybe threefold, the third of which, as, as Bart alluded, would be the love pick and, and, you know, it's a sight on the future. But the others would be, number one, learning the new, the new system. I mean, we, I, and I know you guys on your shows have talked about that, that, hey, this guy's learning a new system as well. And, and you see how, how uh, long it's taken for Tom Brady to do the same thing, to learn a new mm-hmm. system. Uh, and and then there's musical personnel's at at the wide receiver position. Um, so that's that's one of the things. I looked for an uptick in in Aaron Rodgers' play anyway, as as the time went by under LeFleur in that new system. But the other is, you can put a, the the top two in any order you want. I truly believe what I know of Aaron Rodgers, all these years of listening to just about everything he's ever said, and and you guys likewise. I think it's been the criticism of him that has motivated him more than anything else. This is this is on me, I, filling in on your shows, guys, uh, in 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 Milwaukee there for you, Bart and and Bill certainly on the network here, over the years and certainly the past couple of seasons. Just the media has been hammering this guy, and it mm-hmm. I. I Set it on the air at the time. It's just unfair to do that to him. Number one, you're giving him no weapons. Number two, he's got a new system. He There was a piece I read, I don't know if it was Domovsky or whoever it was, uh, had said the, the the win over Detroit, he just sat back in his locker and he just kind of yeah. smiled and he's soaking all this stuff in. This dude's in a zone right now. He is. Right. And And I think he'll take it off the sheet. Every time there's a flag on the play, when Tyreek Hill is running into the end zone, that takes a touchdown away from Mahomes. The statistical information is going to play a part of this. When you're, when you're second in goal and Aaron Jones is running well at the goal line, I'm not saying you know, work for an MVP more than a Super Bowl, but skew the stats a little bit, LeFleur. Get this dude an MVP today. It's in your control as well.
1: Uh, that being said, Bart, uh, now we know that he's got Drew Rosenhaus as an agent, and one of the reasons Aaron Rodgers has been so successful has been the blocking, the blitz pickup, the outlet passes to a guy like Aaron Jones, who's been so dynamic. Uh, when you heard that Drew Rosenhaus is now in the house, so to speak, uh, is that the point that you started to throw your arm out the window and wave bye-bye to Aaron Jones?
2: Yeah, I texted uh, any friend that I talked Packers with, and I said he gone because Drew Rosenhaus is – I think, I mean, he's a good agent. He gets his guy's money. And, you know, he's a little more flamboyant. I mean, if we know an agent's name, it's usually because they are out there front and center. But you can't say that Drew Rosenhaus doesn't have his best, the best interest of his guys uh, in mind. Drew Rosenhaus is the kind of agent that if there, if he needs to be with a client on noon on a Sunday, he's at that game. And then if his other client needs him that night on the opposite coast, he's there that night. Drew Rosenhaus is a hard worker. That's why Aaron Jones went with them and he gets his guys money. And Jones is looking at all these other guys that make a ton of money. And you know, he deserves that money. And when you're a running back like this, you get this one big contract. And so he's got to go for it. I want Aaron Jones to make a lot of money. I want Aaron Jones to be, get paid. I want that to be with the Packers. It's just that with all the different guys that they do have to pay or have paid, I don't know what happens there. Does Aaron Rodgers get asked to restructure? Does he ask to restructure? You know, as, as some quarterbacks have done, I don't know. It would certainly maybe keep him here longer, too. I I don't know. Aaron Jones is such a great weapon. And if Jamal Williams is your starter, that's good. Jamal Williams is a great running back. But watch Aaron Jones again on Saturday night. There's how many times does he, oh, Aaron Jones, he runs up to the line. Okay, two-yard game. Whoa, he just burst for 13. How did he mm-hmm. do that? He slipped in between spots that didn't even exist. He's so good. He's like Elvin Kamara in the same, you know, way shape and form. It's like which guy had a better week that week? They're they're so good. They're so similar. It's it's just it, as much money as he's going to get. Even if the Packers can't afford it, it is so hard when you have a guy like that. It's so hard to let him walk away. It's just and it's going to be tough if they have to.
1: Tim, I don't know if you caught the analogy, and since you're the baseball guy, I'll bring it up. But when you hire Drew Rosenhaus as a football player, that is the equivalent of hiring Scott Boris as a baseball player. Would you agree?
3: Yep, it is. And if uh, if if the Packers need some money to pay Aaron Jones, then they shouldn't go to the Milwaukee Brewers to borrow any. I can I can tell you that right (laughs) now. That's that's just not going to happen. Um, I look at it like uh, okay, you got to look at the comps and and and. You know, one may be better than the other in a particular year, but if I'm not mistaken, isn't uh, Joe Mixon like a fifty million for four year range somewhere in there? Uh, um,
1: yeah, Joe Mixon is getting about twelve million a year, thirteen million a year.
3: Okay, so is Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, um. It's a volatile situation with running backs. Now, remember, in the Joe NFL. Mixon
1: came in with uh, a lot of that baggage after the the video surfaced of him punching that girl. Yep. So the Bengals took a chance on him.
3: Yeah, they, they did, and it's a volatile situation with running backs in in today's NFL. It just is. It's it's almost, you know, it, unless you have the the Kamara, as Bart mentioned, or or a Derrick Henry, a Dalvin Cook, a Christian McCaffrey. Well, then. Are all these guys then the next tier down where, we, where you can play, an NFL team can play musical running backs? I mean, I don't, I don't believe so with Aaron Jones, but maybe the the NFL as a whole, it, it has its system here, and if you're not the elite elite, then you're going to have to dip down around the seven $8 million offer mark, and, and I don't think that's going to fly for Aaron Jones. Someone's, someone's going to take a chance and pay him for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if you're looking at next year's, uh, you know, what is it, franchise tag being a little over $10.5 million, uh, I don't think he's going to sign for anything less than that. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels. Bud Light Seltzer, and after the bottom of the hour, we'll also look into our picks for the rest of the NFL as it gets underway in just a little bit, kicking off here in about five minutes. Uh, you've got a good game on the docket tonight. A yeah, good game, not a great game, but I do like watching Justin Herbert. He's in L.A. or in Las Vegas taking on Derek Carr and the Raiders, so that game gets underway tonight. We'll talk about that first and foremost, and then after that, make the picks for the rest of the NFL. Stay tuned. you got more of the Bill Michaels Huddle right after this.
0: Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: Uh, yeah, I think we are, we're improving uh, each
0: and every week. Just got to just keep doing what we're doing, keep practicing how we're practicing, and, and keep trying to put it together a complete game. Not have those mental lows in the middle, the middle of games, uh, just being able to just put a complete complete game uh, from the first quarter to the last.
1: Get a complete game, and, uh, well, we'll see if it actually happens over the next three weeks. If the Packers offensively and defensively can put it all together, the Bill Michaels uh, huddle continues on. We are presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Don't forget, only 100 calories. And uh, it's got a unique five-step filtration process that ensures a cleaner finish and no lingering aftertaste. Go to BudLight.com. That's BudLight.com. Bart Winkler alongside. Tim Allen here as well from 1250 AM, The Fan, in Milwaukee. Uh, we're talking about uh, whether or not you're able to kind of put together a full game plan, and a lot of coaches this year have not been able to. Um, some of the better jobs that might be out there. I did want to get into this tonight, guys. Uh, we were talking about Mike Pettin and uh, and whether or not he can or cannot, you know, uh, kind of guide this team defensively, at least do enough to get to a championship. But some of the other jobs that are going to be out there, you start looking. I hear Matt Nagy obviously is on the hot seat. I don't know if Daryl Bevel's going to get the job in Detroit. But depending on, I mean, they just paid Zimmer uh, a new contract. And I know they're talking about the possibility of him being on the hot seat over Minnesota. I can't imagine that Zimmer goes anywhere this year, maybe after next year, if they don't reach the promised land. But we could be talking about three new head coaches in a matter of two years in the NFC North. And the one constant has remained is that Aaron Rodgers continues to be the coach killer. Bart, I'll start with you. Your thoughts? Yeah, and then you would go from uh, three coaches
2: named Matt in the division to just one in Matt LaFleur. <laughs> yeah, with Patricia and uh, Nagy, obviously. I don't know. Yeah, Zimmer, it looked like – it looked for a while like it might be – like he was on like more than the hot seat. It looked like this was going to be his final run. But they, I think they still want to give him an opportunity. Uh, he's rebounded with the team this year. I think that's going to go a long way. Matt Nagy and the Bears, man, I, I just don't know how that situation is going to play out for them. I would assume the Lions look elsewhere, although Bevel certainly, you know, has been coaching better than Patricia. I think in that second uh, that second quarter last Sunday, you know, Lions had the ball. They had like 40 seconds, three timeouts at their own 20. The uh, the old coach would have just took a knee, but Bevel's like, no, I, I want to try to win this job. I want to, you know, I want to show what I can do. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting, as it always is. There's going to be surprises that we didn't expect. It looks like Mike McCarthy is going to stick around in Dallas, which I'm not surprised by that, at least according to what Jerry Jones' son said, because they paid him a five-year deal, and I think they are going to try to see what happens without Dak Prescott. But, yeah, there could be a lot of coaching upheaval, and Aaron Rodgers has been a big reason for that, for sure.
1: Tim, there's going to be about eight jobs open in the in the league this year and when you start to look through this you could be looking at say Atlanta, Chicago, Cincinnati, Zach Taylor's probably going to be gone. Then again, they like to they hate to pay a coach to do nothing. So, I chances are they'll bring him back for some stupid reason. Denver possibly with Vic Fangio, Detroit obviously, Houston, the Chargers, uh, possibly the Jets, uh, I don't think Doug Peterson's going anywhere, the winning a championship buys him time, possibly Minnesota. But out of all of those jobs, when you start to look at established quarterbacks and, and teams, what are some of the better jobs when you look at it? Is Atlanta with Matt Ryan and that that group down there? Or you don't have a quarterback in Chicago, even though it's a storied franchise. At least you got Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Denver's a train wreck. Detroit has Matthew Stafford. Deshaun Watson down in Houston. <laughs> and you saw that eerie tweet by – J.J. Watt today that says uh, it's never been about the love affair with the city because he loves the city. So I don't know if that's an indicator that he, he wants to leave. But just uh, give me some of the, your thoughts on some of the better jobs yeah. that are available.
3: Yeah, I, I think one of the, one of the established, uh, talented teams, believe it or not, it's right there in the north, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, if you look, mm-hmm. at, if you look at the skilled positions there, man, they are set guys. And and I'm not necessarily gonna throw Kirk Cousins into into that mix there, but if if they do make a, a move with Zimmer, which I, I doubt they would. I, I I don't think they would. But I mean Jefferson and, and Thielen on the outside, Cook in that backfield, that's gotta be pretty enticing. I like Raheem Morris down there in Atlanta as well. Now he's got the interim job now. Seems to be a little bit, a uh, little bit more pep in their step in Atlanta, and and they're not mm-hmm. taking it off the sheet, and making a playoff run necessarily. But Raheem Morris, I think, does get that job. There's another another job that will not be available, and that's the Cleveland Browns situation and Kevin Stefanski, who I'm a huge right. fan of Stefanski. I just think he is, he is going to win a Super Bowl with that Cleveland Browns organization or with some organizations uh, as a head coach, but. Fangio, I, I love his, his defensive style. You saw him scheme himself uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was it was amazing. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it truly was amazing what he did. I don't think he's going anywhere. And then, as Bart said, guys, uh, you guys have been on the station, our, our sister stations uh, down there in Chicago they got to be pulling their hair out with, with what's going on with the Chicago Bears. And it's, and it's just music to our ears, isn't it? I mean, in, in the it, state it of is. Wisconsin. To see any, any sort of pain and discomfort and trial and tribulation going on in Chicago is just, is just awesome to see. Now, they've got a huge game, and I, I guess we'll get to the picks here coming up in a bit. But the, he may be on the bubble here. Yeah, uh, down there in Chicago. Nagy Mm -hmm. might be. And, you know, maybe the Trubisky, you know, that pick right there could have stalled that
1: organization for a good three or four years. We'll see. And that uh, the the consternation now down there as well is this the mis- real Mitch Trubisky who had a really Come big on. game last week? I mean, is he starting to get it? Is he coming on Bart? The best thing they could possibly do is judge Mitch Trubisky off of that one game and and hang on to him and hang on to Matt Nagy, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man, he, you know he's played better. He he since they took him from Foles, he's played better, and that's like the worst thing that can happen for them because well, the best right? thing
3: for a Packer fan though,
2: uh, absolutely. But what, like you don't want to be the bears and sink five years into Trubisky and then he goes somewhere else and succeeds. So you certainly don't want that. That's why this whole Nick Foles thing was, if you, if they were going to move on from Mitch, they needed to move on from Mitch. And now they're like, if he plays the way he plays the last couple of weeks, I know they lost to Detroit, but he looked really good the other day. If he plays like that, these final three games, How do you not bring him back? And that's why it's such a difficult situation for them. I think, you know, where you do look is who the Bears played on Sunday, the Texans. That's the job that I think would be attractive because of the quarterback. Deshaun Watson, you want to talk about MVP. If you're just giving it for the last month, Watson's up there too. He's played tremendous. It's just his team, whether it's injuries or bad decisions made by the front office, They just can't figure it out. So I I think the Texans' job is a job that would be attractive for two uh, for sure as well.
1: Well, the other thing that you got to worry about, you got Tyrod Taylor out there as a backup who lost his job because of the uh, ineptitude of the medical staff and having that rib puncture his lung. And then Justin Herbert comes in, who's your first overall, your first uh, round draft choice, I should say, yeah. and he's played fantastic. You got two quality quarterbacks out there in Los Angeles, and Anthony Lynn on the hot seat as well. And and that's a team that fights really hard. They're just their defense is just terrible. Even with Kenneth Murray, that linebacker that they picked up in the first round, they just have not been able to get the yeah. job done. And they've got so many different things. Even I mean, they picked up Linval Joseph as a nose tackle, and he's stout. But Justin Jones is not really doing a whole lot. Joey Bose is good, but he's been banged up so they've just got their own issues out there in San Diego but yeah I I, I look at the 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 Bears and say hey Mitch is great keep <laughs> well, Mitch
3: our, Bill when a hell our, of a game when, when are team's gonna get it just it, the Chicago Bears quarterback controversy I'll just call it now next year has has uh Trubisky Ryan Fitzpatrick written all over it and and it's gonna mm-hmm. be Fitzpatrick and and when are, when are teams going to get it? If you have a, a transition period where you're waiting for the draft, you're waiting for your franchise quarterback, don't go to Mike Glennon's or, or in this case, Nick <laughs> Foles. Go to Ryan Fitzpatrick. The dude just gets it
1: done. Yeah, no doubt. The the beard beard magic, too. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll start to look around the rest of the National Football League and start to make our picks as well. The Bill Michaels Settle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Don't forget, they've got four different pla- flavors, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry. they got it all going on. Go to BudLight.com. we got more
0: right after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I mean, they are completely different.
1: Uh,
2: they have uh, instilled a couple of different, very unique things. Um, but uh, I mean, so compared to last year, I mean, it's it's night and day. Oh, it's, it's drastically different. It's unlike probably uh, many defenses we've seen this year. So there's been a lot of planning going into it. Uh, they give you a lot of different looks. You know, they've played everybody a little
3: bit differently. And so it just gives you a lot to prepare for.
1: Those are the words of Matt LaFleur. Welcome back to the program. The Bill Michaels uh, huddle continues on. We are presented by Bud Light Seltzer, and we are glad to have you here. And now we get into the rest of the NFL. Got a game in progress. Chargers get up early in this one on the Raiders. Raiders sitting at 7-6, Chargers sitting at 4-9. The Chargers defense has yet to take the field. That's been the Achilles heel but they're up 7 to nothing. Bart Winkler alongside Tim Allen as well, both from 12:50 a.m. the fan out of Milwaukee. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders to eventually come back and win this thing at home even though they're starting out down 7 to nothing. Bart, who you got? Yeah,
2: I took the Raiders. Uh watching the Chargers offense as good as they've looked so far this game. I I'll stay with the Raiders. I took the Raiders. Raiders need it more.
3: You know, it's a big rivalry, but Raiders do need it more, so I no. think they come back. No, they're Tim? up 7-zip. I'm taking the charge. Are you kidding me? you get going to spot me seven <laughs> points? I'm taking the charge. You know, the, Justin Herbert, that's what it's like to wait for your franchise guy, to find your franchise quarterback. Him and Joe Burrow, I mean, they they were amazing uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Eckler's back and he's putting up some numbers. I know they got their wide receivers are dinged up a little bit, and Williams and Keenan Allen. But you go to the middle with Henry. Um, they're they're gonna be a little bit of a force moving moving to the future.
1: Broncos getting six at home. Uh, the Buffalo Bills coming into town, sitting at ten and three and looking really solid. The Broncos uh, still they just don't have much offense. They don't have a great quarterback. Their defense is uh, is pretty good. Uh, I'm going to take the bills on the road, you know, even with or without the points, I'm taking the bills to win this ball game. And I'll go back to you, Tim.
3: Bills are a scary, scary team. If you're an AFC team, they, they can step up. Josh Allen is underrated, underrated, uh, at the quarterback position. He really is. And, and Diggs is, you know, 1100 plus yards receiving right now. And I mean, he's, he's been dynamite. They have a two headed monster at running back, um, I'm still, we're still sort of waiting for one of them to kind of, you know, grab the reins there in Devin Singletary and and Zach Moss. But, uh, bills are a really good team. But I mean, again, uh, Fangio, if he knows one thing, it's defense, it's low scoring, but I'll take the bills Bart. Yeah. I try, I try not to get, you know,
2: playing fantasy. I try not to read too much of the preseason. Like these are going to be the booms. These are going to be the busts. but when you do look at him, everybody had Stefan Diggs as a bust, and I bought into it. And I, I really regret that because he has been so good there. You know, outside of Devontae, maybe the best in the league this season. I like the Bills to
1: keep rolling. I think the world of Josh Allen, I'll take Buffalo. Then the next game on the docket, uh, you've got uh, a game coming up. Uh, well, I'm not going to get to the Packers game for Saturday night. We'll do that last. you got the next game on the docket coming up on Sunday. Tampa Bay on the road taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Tampa Bay sitting at 8-5 and five. Falcons. Uh, as we talked about, trying to get a little bit of a resurgence sitting at 4-9. I just don't think that they have enough. Uh, I'm going to take the Buccaneers on the road. Even though it is somewhat of a rivalry game, Buccaneers get the win, Bart.
2: I'm tempted to take an upset here. I will stick with Tampa. Atlanta just can't figure it out, you know, and Atlanta is one of those teams that you always think, oh, I haven't seen Atlanta too much. What's their record? Are they like 500? Oh, wait a minute. They're five games under 500. They, they seem to be that team since they've never really recovered from that Super Bowl loss. And it's, you know, almost a mirror of what happened to the Packers for a while after their loss in uh, Seattle in 2014. It just, you gotta kind of move on
3: from some of the key players there before you bounce yeah. back. I, I will take Tampa in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Tampa also because I I think and, and and they may not win their final three games, but uh facing Tom Brady in a postseason game, that's that's a little scary. In you know, a one gamer, just you know, one couple of drives here. Uh is gonna be shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. It is the NFL on any given Sunday. We all we all understand that, but Bart, you're right. That that Atlanta Falcon team, um, they're gonna have to retool a little bit. There's there's age at those uh, the big three positions, and that's that's Gurley starting to get that knee just being beat on all the time. I, I still don't think he's fully recovered, and and not that he's an old old man or anything, but that knee I think was uh, a lot more hurt than people think. Matt Ryan, mm, you might want to start looking down the line a little bit, and then Julio Jones. So yeah, Tampa today.
1: Jaguars on the road taking on the Ravens. No brainer. Jaguars sitting at one and two. Ravens uh kind of feeling it and starting to kind of put it in into the postseason mode, if you will. I got the Ravens at home, Tim. Staying
3: with the Ravens. They just got a couple of more uh, additions on their COVID list, so that may they may have an impact with that. I this was my team, guys, to uh to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, for some reason, their passing game, their vertical game, is just not what it was. You keep in mind that Lamar Jackson threw thirty nine touchdowns last year. I mean that that is that that's throwing right. the ball downfield. That that just is, but it's it's not working out. However, three headed monster at running back, I think Dobbins is the key, and they should just workhorse him. Edwards a nice fill in, but. I'm going Baltimore. I think Baltimore gets hot down the stretch here, guys, and I think they may make some hay, a little deeper run in the AFC. Bart? They're going to need help.
2: I was reading their scenarios where they could win 11 games yet and not get in, so they have put themselves in a position where they still need some help. I'm glad to see Lamar Jackson regain his MVP form. I, I think he's a tremendous talent, and I know there's some question about why he did go to the locker room the other night. Uh, I'll take him at his word, even though I don't believe him, I guess. So I won't Uh, that. He did not have to go to the bathroom, but he came back, made a huge play and the Ravens. Yeah. I I was with you, Tim. I took the Ravens to be the AFC representative. Now I'm not going to tell you who I took in the NFC. Uh, If you listen back, you may have heard me say the Cowboys Hmm. in that position. I still got an outside shot at it. (laughs) I guess. Okay. (laughs) They still do. I'll take Baltimore here on Sunday.
1: Got this. Speaking of the Cowboys, Cowboys are at home taking on the uh, the 5-8 and eight San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys, at least Andy Dalton got his uh, revenge tour when he went to the Queen City and beat the hell out of Cincinnati last week. Uh, I still think they're decent uh, you know, as far as a shot at getting the win, but I think San Francisco's defense is really going to put up uh, a, a fight in this one. I'm going to take the Cowboys, but it's going to be by a small margin in this one, Bart.
2: Yeah, Niners are still banged up. Uh, I think there's some question about if Mostert's going to play. Just, you know, a tough season for them where they avoided all those injuries last year, and now it's coming at them in a big wave. I am going to take Dallas, too, in this game. I think, you know, this is a bummer for them. This was supposed to be the Sunday night game. When on earth would you ever expect Dallas-San Francisco to get flexed out of prime time? First time ever for
1: Dallas to be flexed out. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable,
2: but I, I think they'll I think they'll use that and, and they'll win this weekend. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm going to take the Niners in this. Dallas is a mess, and this whole Mike McCarthy thing about you know some people there's a little groundswell of get rid of McCarthy, and it shouldn't have been you know uh, upwards of five years or whatever it is. Guys, he lost a top five quarterback. What do you? I mean, come on. He's got a mm-hmm. defense that's an absolute sieve. He's got, a, he, he's got an offensive coordinator that was handed to him. He doesn't want Kellen Moore as his OOC. He doesn't. Give, give these guys a little break. I'm taking the Niners. Dallas is a mess.
1: Uh, for those watching, uh, the, the Raiders are about to score. Derek Carr just looks like he pulled his groin muscle. He is hobbling, can barely walk as he was sprinting off to his right. Oh. And, uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Derek Carr looks as if he's uh, – he's. I would be shocked if he comes back and plays in the remainder of this game. He just pulled up really, really bad. Uh, I'm let's continue the, on. Uh, i take the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers. Texans on the road taking on the Colts. Colts sitting at 9-4, Texans at 4-9. Uh, you see the cryptic tweets sent out by uh, J.J. Watt. Uh, I'm taking the Colts at home in this one. No-brainer. And, uh, Bart, I'll go back to you.
2: Colts are at home. I'll take them. Uh, The Colts have been playing well, man. And, you know, you go back to that game where they beat the Packers. I never trust Phillip Rivers, but he still finds ways to win. I think the Texans, this is just a lost year for them. I'll take Indy.
3: Yeah, I'm not a huge, huge buy-in of the Indianapolis Colts. And and I won't say they're necessarily a mirage, but I don't consider them up with the big boys of Kansas City and Pittsburgh and Buffalo and Tennessee. I don't see it. I don't buy it. Yeah, they got an opportunistic defense, and – and they can they can put up uh, or they can shut down some of the uh, numbers on on the offensive side of their opponents. But I just Frank Reich and that team. I just I'm not buying it. Uh, it seems like a one and done to me in the postseason if they get in.
1: Uh, let's go to the Patriots and the Dolphins Patriots six and seven Dolphins sitting at eight and five. I like the Dolphins. It's uh, I still, it's a rivalry game. It's that divisional game. Bill Belichick seems to scheme well for those things. The Patriots are kind of feeling, I'm going to take the Patriots in a mild upset over the Dolphins on the road in this one, Tim, back to you.
3: Yeah, it's, it's tough. And it's to see that, that whole thing, you think it's getting on in years and it is, and then they rattle off three in a row, and then, then they get beat. And then you're thinking, well, they're just teetering right here. And then Belichick, he wants to you know, make sure that he gets in. And, and well, yeah, I, I just – Cam Newton was not the answer. I'm sorry. Nope. It, it, was, it didn't work. And, and they, hey, they, they grabbed a former MVP, and they gave it a shot. They rolled the dice. But I like Miami in this one. Miami to uh, put the final nail in the coffin for the season for Belichick. Bart? I think I think Cam can still work there.
2: Not this year, you know. If if he comes back, I think Belichick will get that to work. I don't know though. Have they seen enough that they want to try that? I'm with you, Bill. I I don't. I think New England wins. I think they bounce back and win this game. I I don't I, know I really some
1: mojo. Why? So for them. But I'm going to take New England. Then you got uh, before we go to break, real quick. We got the Vikings hosting the Bears. Both teams six and seven. Uh, Both quarterbacks are iffy. Both defenses are iffy. I like the Bears defense a little bit better, but the Vikings went in and ran all over them the last time these two teams met. Vikings at home. I've got the the people in purple in this one, Bart. Yeah, I'm just going to go with whoever's home in this matchup.
2: Spreads three, so it seems to be the same thing. These teams are pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I'd love to see, as we were talking, Mitch Trubisky ball out here and get the Bears a victory, but I,
3: I'll i take Minnesota. Six and seven, both these teams going at it. This is sort of an elimination game for the loser, guys. This, this is a yep. great football game at the lower levels of, of the NFC. We get that. This is an elimination game. And I like the Bears in this one. I do. I, I think they, they've got the defense to at least maintain if Trubisky's gonna throw the ball downfield. And I think the key here is David Montgomery's been running the ball a lot better the last three games, and that's they've that's actually something used him for. Yeah, and they've They've used them.
1: (laughs) How about that? When you run the ball and actually use a running back, maybe you'll know what you actually have in a Matt Nagy, smartest guy in the room, dumb jackass. Anyway, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and step away and uh, come back with the rest of our picks as we continue on. The Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Cellar. We've got more right after this.
0: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Look at us against the Vikings uh, a week ago. We were able to get a chunk play early in the two-minute drive this week. uh, We kind of shot ourselves in the foot. But I think uh, I just have to continue to have the right mindset in those situations to put us in a position to win football games.
1: Welcome back. Teddy Bridgewater is saying he needs to get better at closing out games. And they have been losing games by a score or less. So... Um, you know, look, it, this is a team that's going to continue to fight. Packers got them coming up on Saturday night. We'll talk about that and make our pick against that game or for that game coming up here in just a few. But uh, in the meantime, you've got the 5-8 and eight Lions on the road against the 9-4 and four Titans, a game that I'm definitely going to be interested in watching, Tim Allen. i got the Titans at home, but I think it's going to be a closer game than what most people think. I'll go keep to your, you.
3: Yeah, keep your eyes on the Tennessee Titans. We've been tracking them, uh, uh, you know, all season long. Mike Vrabel is one hell of a coach. Coach, and and don't look now, Ryan Tannehill coming from Miami after the injury, dude's gonna end up with uh, close to forty TDs himself. You have a running mm-hmm. game in Derrick Henry. You've got wideouts. You've got the bookends of of Davis uh, and and AJ Brown. You've got the middle with Janu Smith. I mean, they're a dangerous. They're they're really. I put them up there with the big boys in the AFC. So you got to go Titans in this one. Bart? Uh, I'm going to
2: take the Titans in this one. I saw whether it was a Titans fan or a beat writer, or whoever. I don't know who it was, but I saw the tweet, and it stuck with me for two months now, that whenever you start to believe in the Titans, <laughs> that's, that they're going to lose. And then when you doubt them, they're going to bounce back and win. So I think they get the win this weekend. People believe in them. And then I will. I'm eventually going to take them to lose to the Packers only for that reason. That I saw, but I, I, Tim, you said earlier that they are underrated team. They totally are. I think Tannehill's great. Derrick Henry, obviously, everybody knows him. Rabel's been kind of like the new age Belichick. So, I think they'll make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to take them to win this weekend.
1: Seahawks nine and four on the road taking on Washington. I'm going with the upset here. I'm thinking Washington. Their defense has been playing a lot better. They've got a little bit of mojo in their direction, and the Seahawks have been sliding. So, I'm going to take. Ron Rivera and the inspirational story that is Washington on the East Coast to win this one. Bart, back to you. I don't
2: have we disagreed on a pick yet. I'm not sure. I'm taking Washington here again. The defense has been great. Chase Young single handedly won that game last week. Yeah. Uh, I need them in fantasy. And then had his mom
1: do the post game show.
2: Yeah, that was cool. I, I, you know, this NFC East. I know we all made fun of it early, but the the winner of this division at worst going to be what 7 and 9 it'll that'll be fine it'll be fine i think washington right now looks to be that team i was really buying into the giants and then daniel jones came back maybe too early but right now washington's got the momentum and I'll take them to knock off
3: Seattle. Yeah, I love Seattle in this one. I think uh, Washington is a mere just whatever. It's a nice little Cinderella happy story. Oh, but, uh, come Seattle, on. Seattle kicks it Seattle kicks Alex it into, g- into gear here. Seattle's not done fighting in the NFC. Look out for Seattle. You're a Green Bay fan, man. Keep your eyes on the Seattle Seahawks. They'll get it together
1: we got about two minutes to get through the rest of these games here real quick. Let's go. Uh, Cardinals at home taking on the Eagle, Eagles. Cardinals 7-6, uh, and six, Eagles 4-8-1. and one. i got the Cardinals at home. Tim?
3: Cardinals need the win to continue their rush to the playoffs. It's like a playoff game itself.
1: Bart? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals
2: too. I think Hurts uh, and Murray will be a fun matchup, but I'll take the Cardinals.
1: Then you got the Rams 9-4 and four, beating the hell out of the Jets who haven't won a game. I'm taking the Rams. It's a no-brainer. And Bart, back to you.
3: Yep, Tim, you'd go. Rams? No, no, no. Rams are a dangerous team, too. They, I mean, they're just a couple of years removed from a Super Bowl lookout, but I like the Rams this week.
1: Really good game. The other game I'm very interested in is the Chiefs 12-1 and on the road, taking on the 10-3 and Saints in this one. I am taking the Saints in that defense at home against Patrick Mahomes in the Dome. Tim, back to you. Taysom Hill?
3: No. It doesn't work. Uh, although he threw, he was starting to throw the ball downfield a little bit, but you got to get him away from the quarterback position. Got to go Chiefs here. Yeah, Art. we'll
2: disagree, Bill, on that one. I think the Chiefs. You know, we've talked about them a bunch throughout the show, and this is a Packer show. The Saints. I, I'm just not. I think they're a little overhyped, a little overrated. I'll take Kansas City.
1: I hope the I hope the Saints lose, but I just got this weird feeling that that defense is kind of salivating. And I saw Patrick Mahomes have a bad game last week, and he's actually had a couple of games in which he he's looked relatively human. Uh, then you got the nine and four Browns on the road taking on the uh, better defensive Giants, who are sitting at five and eight. I still like what the Browns are doing; they're trying to hang on to a postseason spot. Uh, I'm I can't believe I'm doing this two weeks in a row. I'm taking the Browns to win the ball game. Bart, back to you. I
2: like the Browns in this one. Uh,
1: Interesting
2: subplot here. Jason Garrett's not calling the plays with the COVID diagnosis. So Freddie Kitchens, the uh, Browns coach last year, will be calling the plays for the Giants. I think that motivates Baker even a little more. I I like what Baker's doing. That running game's awesome. I'll take Cleveland.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go Cleveland as well, and uh, they should win this handily. Why does Jason Garrett get more coverage than the head football coach in New York? Someone (laughs) answer me that. Because he's due. He didn't get any
1: head coaching coverage when he was down in Dallas, for God's sakes. (laughs) We got got about 30 seconds. Steelers on the road Monday night taking on the Bengals. Bengals suck. I'm taking the Steelers, Tim. Steelers. Steelers. And then the Packers at home coming up on Saturday night. I got the Packers. 31 24 Packers get the win against the Panthers. Bart, give me 30 to 20, kind of a similar game we saw last few weeks. 31 17
3: Packers win.
1: That's the way we do it, guys. Uh, great to have you on the program, Tim. I'm glad you got a little, uh, got another taste of radio there, pal. I appreciate it. Okay, <laughs> thanks for having me, man. We'll listen to Bart tomorrow morning as well on twelve fifty AM, the fan out of Milwaukee. That'll do it for me. It's time for us to go. This has been the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Have a good night, Soup.